our wheels on fire and do a jump. At night, it could be quite spectacular, don't you think? Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Feeling good, Lewis? Those 80s kids remember. Welcome to Those 80s Kids Remember, the podcast where we reminisce and ponder the totally bitchin' decade and ask the important questions like, who wants their MTV? And give me a what? I'm Andy, and with me today are the rest of those 80s kids. Rob. Greg. No, Bri- right. no Brian. No Brian. Brian today. is not joining us today. He got arrested. <laughs> yes, or as we call it here, personal business to attend to. <laughs> and that 80s dog, Max, who you may hear from time to time. Thanks, like that. So let's get started. This week, we remember MTV. Max wants his MTV. Max wants his MTV. Max wants freaking everything. But, um, right. All right. MTV launched August 1st, 1981. Just give you a little history here. Um, it was on a Saturday, and this is according to Wikipedia. Because Wikipedia is always right. As the saying goes. (laughs) It was launched at 12.01 a.m. Eastern Time with the words, ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. Really? I didn't know that. And the first music video showed, of course, everybody seems to know this. The Buggle. Video killed the... Which is interesting because it was, I think it was made like two years prior. Was it? Well, yeah, and seeing that the music videos were made as promotional tools and shown on shows... Because both of the guys from there went to, went into Yes, mm-hmm. and at that time they were in Yes. There you go. I did not know that. Yeah, Yes Drama, one of the one of their better albums. Okay. And the second video was Pat Benatar. Really? You what better, Pat Benatar song? You better run. And I have no recollection. Of I that don't song remember that on. song. No, at I don't all. remember that one either. So. I don't remember Pat Benatar that well anymore. So, <laughs> whatever you happened know that, to Pat? That one song. Go. We are young. Yeah. Heartache to heartache. Love is a battlefield. That was Pat Benatar, right? Yeah. That that was was the one where all the Oh, she had a couple big ones, yeah. All the girls started dressing like Pat Benatar and doing that and doing that goofy (laughs) dance. And then she vanished. I mean, then it was like you never heard of Pat Benatar. And even like nowadays, I mean you'd Pat Benatar live at the casino or whatever. You know, I mean, you never even hear of her popping really? up. Really, she gets conce- casino gigs. Yeah, well, she's doing pretty well. Everybody gets casino gigs. <laughs> Wait, and, and when Pat Benatar kind of gets uh, these gigs and everything, it's kind of like just a nostalgia type of thing. Right. Like, sure, like she's reduced to being like what the Beach Boys are to the '60s. You know, they're sure. kind of a, they're just a nostalgia act. You know? But you right. hear of Joan Jett every now and then. Oh, it's Joan Jett live, but you never hear Pat Benatar live. It's like whatever happened to her. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Right now, there's some diehard Benatar fan cursing you us. Don't do you hear the, the last album you was the... Know. Well, it's like, Pat Benatar, I think, is... Her image, she was so identified with that period in time, mm-hmm. you know? Where somebody like Joan Jett was just, like, this badass bitch. Who, you know, right. well, she could have been from, like, any time, you and know? She, 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 you know, Joan Jett had gotten, you know, some notoriety in the later 70s with The Runaways. The Runaways, yeah, yeah. with Lita Ford. Right, she that's when that. they, you know, kind of really hit the scene. So I don't think she was a real victim of the 80s, necessarily. Right. As compared to, like, Pat Benatar, who was, like, as far as women go... 
Well, some of those women have a hard time inventing, reinventing themselves. And Madonna was able to do that. Right. That's what made her such a successful artist because she was able to change her image. I mean, it was like a virgin for 30 years in a row. Well, yeah. nobody's going to believe you're like a virgin for 30 years. No. <laughs> but, I don't but, think anybody but, believed it back but, music, but musically, <laughs> she, she adapted uh, throughout time. So that's right. how she lasted. She, Whereas She kind of changed a little bit. With, sure. Like, well, you have to. she put out, like like David Bowie. Right. Well, look at, look at the Rolling Stones. Why do the Rolling Stones last so long? They changed with the times. Yeah. So, but artists that don't, I mean, they become a one-trick pony. And pretty soon it's like, oh, you hear the new album from so-and-so? Yeah, it sounds just like the last one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I think there was only so so much she could exploit that look and that sound. Maybe yeah, that could be what happened to her. Yeah, she became very identified with that whole look, like Fast Times at Ridgemont yeah, High. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. The, We've got five Pat Benatar's here. Yep, yep. They're all five, ch- and and they and Phoebe Cates goes out of her way to point out which girls are dressed like Pat Benatar uh-huh. and all this, and it's like wow, holy nineteen eighty two. Oh, that's a great movie. Love that mm-hmm. movie. But speaking of speaking of all that stuff, now originally MTV had three VJs. Was that right? I think it was five. Was it five? One, two, three, four. Yeah, five. Oh, okay. Well, it was Martha Quinn, mm-hmm. and then the uh, the the cigarette voice lady, Nina Blackwood. Nina Blackwood. Nina. Yeah. Yep. And then the the guy with the white guy afro. Mark Goodman, right? Mark Goodman, yeah. And then Adam Hunter was the the very uh, waspy, okay. waspy guy. Is Mark Goodman when they were the Mark Goodman Productions? That's the he, same, yes, right? He is. He was one of the producers. He was right, and was he was he was bringing like kids kids shows and stuff. I think too. He was like the Nickelodeon stuff, the early really, Nick- yeah, right. I don't know. And then also J.J. Jackson. J.J. Jackson? It's a lot of J's. Yeah. <laughs> he was the, the black guy. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, the black guy. The black guy. <laughs> I, I don't... See, I, I the three that I remember... Probably... I, I think some of them were on, like, late night. Okay. So there's probably okay. a, a time where you didn't see... see I'm probably them. remembering the ones that were on, like, during, during the week. During the day, yeah. Yeah. I remember China Kantner, wasn't she on there? The name sounds familiar, but I don't think she you know, was. No, China Kantner was. Paul Kantner's daughter? Yes, yes. But I don't, she wasn't a, a, an original. I remember later on in the mid 80s, Adam Curry came along too. Mm. Adam Curry had the, the blonde yes. hair, the Aquanet hair that was all teased yes. up okay, and yep. pointing out this yes. way and all and bushy. I don't think he was too far off the launch. I think they added him. Within a year or two, okay. it seems like. Yeah. I, I don't have that written down. I didn't look into that. But yes, he wasn't too far from the original launch of the MTV. Then you had Kurt Loder who came out like yeah. doing the MTV, MTV news. news. He was like, he was like 50 years old. Bringing, bringing some uh, credibility to the network. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was like a news he guy. He was a news guy, yeah. you yeah. know. And so they, they added him to like, you know, report the music news. And he was just the stern kind of, well, I wouldn't, shouldn't say stern, but, you know, he was the serious journalist, uh, music journalist. This is what happened. And yeah, it was like every hour on the hour, just like your your typical news kind of, you know, format. He was looked at that way. He was. Yeah. The thing that MTV did, which was even more so than putting music videos on, it was like one of the first channels to actually put a specific type of programming on the air. 
Yeah. Because if you right. think way back then, you didn't have a lot of this. Now, I guess ESPN was around at that time, too, but it was like an unknown wasn't ESPN early, early kind of 80s, late 70s? Right? In its infancy, yeah. Right, but I mean, you know, nowadays it's like, you know, the the, the, the baking channel, the croquet channel. There's right, a channel right. for everything, and it was back then there wasn't anything like this. It was a very novel idea to have a, a channel just of music. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was, it was like channel. 24 hours. Yeah. And even still, when it came out, you know, most networks didn't stay on air no, exactly. 24 hours. Right. So, I mean, I think that they, and then, of course, then after that, you know, the CNN and the, the 24-hour yeah, the news, news cycle. the news was big. I think it's kind of what forced networks into programming 24 hours a day, even if that meant infomercials. Yeah. You know what's so funny about that? <laughs> it's like, I, yeah, I mean, younger folk might not remember that, but there used to be the thing they'd play, like, the national anthem with, mm-hmm. you know, Jet fighters flying or whatever, be like one or two in yep. the morning. What was also interesting back then was like late night or early morning TV actually had good stuff on. So you that's when you'd see like old reruns of Batman or right. Kung Fu or something. And yeah. nowadays, if you ever turn on the TV at one, two in the morning, it's all infomercials. Right. So it's almost like, why don't yeah. you just take that off anyway? I, know. You know? I mean, you got insomnia, you're screwed nowadays because right. there's nothing well, on it. Unless cable. Now, even though you check out the, the whatever channel and at 1, 2, 3 in the morning, they're playing infomercials. No, I know. And there are some channels, believe me, I know, <laughs> because I fall asleep with the TV on every night. And for some reason, as soon as the regular programming is done and info, an infomercial come on, I'm like, up within five minutes of that infomercial being on. I don't know why. I think they have something subconsciously put into their subliminal message. Yes, <laughs> to wake you. That's my conspiracy theory right there. There's a right ghost there. under the bed. <laughs> they like wake you up so that you'll buy their shit. Yeah. And I mean, I can. There's a couple of channels that have like programming throughout the night with their shows. It's like commercials come on and they won't wake me up, you know, and just their programming. But the infomercial. Without fail. You subconsciously want to buy their products. <laughs> 12.30 in the morning was the only time you could see Benny Hill, I think, too. Yes. Because <laughs> oh it was, like, too risky back then, you know. Benny but Hill. Yeah, they put Benny Hill on, like, 12.30 in the morning. And then also, um, I don't want to get too far off the, the subject, but another show that I love that was usually played Saturday nights on NBC after Saturday Night Live was SCTV. Oh, SC, yeah. Oh, love that show. See, I remember watching that show... Uh, Seeing that in reruns on Nick at Night. Oh, really? Back around like 1990, 89, oh, okay. 90. I remember yeah. getting caught up with that show because I had never heard of it before. Then I'm sitting here, I was like, oh, wow. I was like, John Candy? Yeah. Rick Moranis? Show, you know, Eugene Levy? I was like, holy crap. The shit. It's a whole hoser <laughs> thing, too, right? Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, yes, Bob and Doug McKenzie. Yeah. But like I said, I don't want to detract too much yeah. from the MTV subject. I just thought it was a good point to point out, though, that this was kind of a unique thing at the time right. about 24 because i mean back back then it was just kind of like you had a regular station i mean you didn't even have movie stations the exception of you had like hbo, HBO. or showtime yeah. but even even so you didn't have like classic movies and well movies were classic at that time yet but you just didn't have something like this right another thing mtv did was with programming um Lowering people's attention spans. Yeah. MTV contributed hugely to this with their, like, the videos jump jump right. cutting all the time. Oh, to, right, right. thought about that. To keep kids' attention. And all of a sudden, that started dripping over dripping. into movies and yeah. TV shows. And the and... parents getting up in arms about how MTV was destroying the youth. I know my aunt was a big... <laughs> really? 
Ronald, Ronald Reagan probably you know, was too. Yeah. About how just the degradation of our youth and how it's going to ruin our children and, and, and all this kind of crap was like, you know, your, well, your more conservative adults kind of, you know. It's the same thing they said about Elvis in the 50s. Yeah, right? the, yeah the, them Beatles is going to kill us all. <laughs> <laughs> it did change music, though. It changed music from just being heard to now being seen. Mm-hmm. You know, it actually mm-hmm. started with disco. Disco was like one of the first ones to do that because you started getting in a lot of that. And there was actually a lot of videos associated with disco music. Right. You know, there were videos back then. Like, what's the goofy Rolling Stones? You're the big Stones. What's the big goofy Rolling Stones? That only rock and roll? Is that the one they're like... That was from 74. That's from 74, right. And that was like a promotional video. It was just video. a promotional sure. video that they played on uh, on uh, Midnight Special or sure. something. Sure, yeah. sure. So you'd have like a promotional video, mm-hmm. but to actually, when you put out an album or record, right. you'd actually, okay, this is going to be... This is going to be the song we want to release. And then you'd release the single to the radio station and, and you'd yeah, release video. the video about yeah. it. And that reminds me that there were like two different types of music videos. You had your concept music video and then you had your more your live performance Oh, video. yeah. Yeah, live performing in the, where they're lip syncing in the studio yeah, to the song. And, and otherwise you had the story that went along with your music video. Like a live music video would be like... Um, the first thing that comes to mind would be like Van Halen's jump. Yeah. You know, where they're yep. just, you know, pretending to play their instruments. And then you had your more concepts. Um, what am I thinking of? I'm, I'm trying to think. Heartbeat by Don Johnson. <laughs> Remember that video where it's like the song Heartbeat by Don Johnson? It's like he's a, he's like in, it's like some little adventure movie that he's going on. And it just adds to the enjoyment because the song is so cheesy to begin with. But the video's cheesy on top I of it. I do not remember it. Looking for a heartbeat. <laughs> that must, now that's something that's not around either. They used to be the thing, if you were a popular person in a TV show, you got your own record. Like the, the Bo and Luke Duke, the, Tom Schneider, right? All of a sudden. John Schneider. John Schneider. Became a country singer yeah, for became, a few be, years, yeah. But I, I want to say, like, all those, didn't even Magnum P.I., Tom Selleck have something... I don't know. Uh, Travolta <laughs> did. Travolta did. Yeah. yeah. He had an album. He had a couple albums that went out. One of them was Travolta. Them. Travolta Fever. What? Not <laughs> where? Mister Gata. When? That was the opening cut called "What When yeah, Where." What? But no, I remember seeing footage of him on American Bandstand singing the song "Letter In." I've seen that. Yes. It's really comical. The guy can't sing. He just like got this goofy grin on his face. He's like, "Gonna let her in, <laughs> gonna let her in," and all the all the girls in the audience are just, "Oh, John. I'm gonna get laid from this song." You understand? <laughs> but yeah, but so like when you had your own TV show, then you put out like, uh, and I think once MTV kind of came in, you started. You started to get away from yeah, some of that. Yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah you know, yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, uh, I mean, just, you know, just think of any show from back then, you know, I mean. David Soul from Starsky and Hutch had oh, a yeah. song that charted. I can't remember yep. what it was called, but it was just some sappy, sentimental <laughs> crap that was popular at sure. that time. Or, or even back further, like the Brady Bunch would have put out an album uh-huh. or whatever, you know, I mean, it, 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 they tried to like tie it in and it's all marketing to make more money. And then MTV came along. Yeah, we you know we probably shouldn't have Don Johnson or <laughs> Billy D. Williams singing this or something. <laughs> Eddie so. Murphy. Oh, Eddie, well, Eddie, Eddie Murphy my, at that uh, time my was girl. sticking the butt song. Wasn't he the one that did that? Party put, all the time. Put little man in your butt and something. 
What? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm serious. He had an album. He yeah, had and he had a song on there. Something album. about sticking in your butt. I don't. Put a little There's band in your butt. party all the time. I'll find that My one. Girl, oh, I, I know what you're talking about. Time, it was on his first comedy album where not, he actually... Yeah. Okay. They did a... I know what you're talking it about. A, it was it his was first a, comedy album stupid. where they, they had an instrumental track that they played when he was doing stand-up and he sang over oh. it. It was called Stick It In Your Butt, I think. Yeah, no, this... He had a serious musical Yeah, party album. all the time. Yeah. This isn't this My isn't a girl comedy wants album. To this party was, all the time. This Rick, was music. Yeah, Rick James produced it. Yeah. Rick James is in the video. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So that okay. it still did happen a little bit. But it's it, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's just And part of what hurt it too is that Eddie, when you watch the video now, Eddie is taking the whole thing so damn seriously too. Like he's a like he's a pop star right. now. Yeah, you know he's a he's gotten a little too big to just be a movie star and just be a the number one comedian in the world. Now he, he needs to be a pop star too, because <laughs> he just he wasn't getting laid enough. <laughs> Not enough money. Well, and that, what what kills me is if you go back, if you go on Google and like Google, like. Uh, funniest hairband videos or cheesiest hairband videos. Some of those hairband videos have got like these these like Mad Max type plots where yes. there's like somebody out to destroy rock or something oh, like that and oh. they're and they're dressed up in their armor and their freaking Aquanet hair. Not even, not even the hair metal bands. Um shit, what is uh well, I'm thinking that love is a battlefield like we no, were talking. No, no, no. That was kind of a... The Thunderdome. Who is she? Oh, my God. Oh, Tina Turner. Tina Turner, yes. Did the, the Thunderdome, the Mad Max, the Thunderdome yeah. thing. Yes, that's great exactly, movie. yes. What song was that? The Thunderdome, I oh, thought. Oh, great okay. flick. Yeah, where she does that. The whole thing. She gets dolled up in the, the Mad Max kind of garb. And yeah. then they have, like, the battle in the Thunderdome in the video. Oh, well, not and... too much. That's going to be a future show, perhaps. It's one of my movies. Well, that's fine. We can do that. We're talking, we're <laughs> talking about the, the video. Warrior. But, uh, yeah, yeah, and... I can't remember what the thing was the last podcast we did. That's just, again that whole thing that all is that here comes the future. It's so bleak. We don't right. know what's going to happen. The well, world's going to end. We're all going to be eating rats towards and, the end of the Cold our, War. Yeah, yeah. So and well and and like I said, the whole thing like with people coming to destroy rock. You know that was that was like a whole subgenre of videos. Like oh, these guys are saying you can't rock anymore. Blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> but then but then wasp. Or Twisted Sister or whatever would come out and be like, oh yeah, here's, yeah. A, here's Blackie Lawless to save the day, you know, and then they and then they start jamming their song and all the teenage boys are like, yeah man, they're saving us with their rock, and everybody took that stuff, everybody thought it was kind of badass at the time, of course it's it's ridiculous yeah, to look course. back on, yeah. it's so cheesy. But there were, there were videos banned from MTV. There were like some... What? You know what comes out? I mean, you guys probably never even heard this song. There was a golden earring song, and I want to say it was When the Lady Smiles. It was like 83, 84. It was banned because there was like some suggestive stuff with a nun. Really? Yeah. So there was stuff that was banned. It might well, have been played once or twice, and then somebody complained. Wouldn't play it again. Well, there was also there was a big controversy, too, when MTV, MTV, uh, when they first came out, when they first started going on air, that the, the lack of um black artists 
Oh yeah, that was a big they thing. They really? wouldn't play Go Michael Jackson yeah, kind of, and they wouldn't play Rick James. Is Michael Jackson black though? It <laughs> was back then. They wouldn't play. They, I mean, they played Prince. From what I've read, they played Prince songs. Yeah, a and, lot of Prince. And but they would not, you know, play the black artist because they said it didn't fit into their AOR hmm. format. Oh, what it was supposed okay. to be. It's, yeah. it's a white station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically. What we're trying you know, to say. Yeah. And then Los Lobos came along and ruined everything. It was, uh... <laughs> Michael Jackson, it was a thriller, probably kicked those doors down pretty right, big. Right, because you I don't imagine. remember. I mean, he had his but, Billy Jean but, video, but you don't really remember seeing that in the early days of MTV. He was, like, pretty popular. But thriller doesn't count. Because they all painted themselves with white faces and looked like zombies anyway. So technically they weren't black <laughs> in the video. And that that's also another concept video I should mention. Like you had the two. But you didn't see his, his Billie Jean video prior to, you know, him being really popular with Thriller. Once that came out and then they're like, oh, he's got all these other videos that it's like, well, this is old. This isn't new. So yeah, I mean there was there was the huge controversy of, you know, they're not playing black artists, which, you know, which kind of led to the later years uh, in the 80s of when they brought Yo! MTV Raps out because they yeah. had all of their other shows like um, 120 Minutes and Headbangers Ball. That yeah, when they started to... getting niche shows, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. You know, we can't just... There was, a, there was a time where we can only play so many videos within this format yeah. and they had to like basically cater to their audience. Well, we're not, you know, these guys aren't watching it because we're not playing this and this group isn't watching it because we're not playing this. So that's how they came up with 120 Minutes, which was my favorite show on MTV, um, uh, which was the alternative kind of college rock. Sure. I, I, you know, shouldn't say college Such rock. as? Um, alternative music. Oh, God. They played R.E.M. I was going to say early Before they were yes, big. They, yeah. would, they would never play R.E.M. In, in, you know, regular rotation. It was only on 120 Minutes until they, the end of the world, as we know it, song and came out. And then they up. just... All over the place. So, Stand in the place where you live. So like The Cure, that would be cure, another one. The yeah. Cure, Susie and the Banshees, um, Sisters Sus of Mercy, Jesus and Mary Chain. Sisters of Mercy. Sisters well, of Mercy. Now we're getting into that <laughs> gleepy... Uh, yeah, well, the more goth. You yeah, know, Bauhaus goth. would be played. Oh, Bauhaus, on, yes. wow. Um, and then, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Killing Joke. How's that? Killing How's Joke, it? Midnight what, Remember the song 80s? Yes, in the yes. the 80s by Killing yes, Killing Joke was pretty good. I've got that one on video too. Wow. But um so that's where they played their more alt. And it was 2 hours, why they called it 120 minutes and I think it was on Sunday nights. I was too young to stay up, so I had to videotape it. So that's how I got to watch it. Videotape with a VHS. Yeah. Video, what's what's that? You mean DVR? Nope. And then uh, that was in 86 and then 87 is when they brought around Headbangers Ball to cater to the more the, the hair metal. Yeah, I remember watching genre. Headbangers Ball a number of times, yes. I hated it. <laughs> I then, I liked it. I just, you know, some of the stuff where they got into like the thrashy stuff, I I never got into. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just I I was never into the let's sing about death stuff, you know. Okay, well, you're more. It the Headbangers though became what was it? More of the chick-oriented people that wear makeup. Well, I think that there was kind of a mix. I mean, I didn't watch it, so I couldn't say for sure. But I think there was a mix. I think it kind of started with your poison and 
in that sort of hair metal, but then they also peppered in with your more Judas death Priest metal and, and your yeah. classic metal. Did Slayer and... have videos? I'm trying to remember if Slayer actually had videos. Probably. The Slayer was considered the top dog, you know. Oh yeah, most yeah, radical yeah. The, at the chicks time. Did, chicks didn't listen. No, to no, no, no. We're, we're, yeah, you know. See, chicks <laughs> didn't really listen to stuff that was like that you could read about in like Hit Parader or Circus Magazine right. until like Poison came around. Maybe Rat as well. Right. Rat might have done that as well when they came out with Round and Round and stuff like that. That probably got women a little more interested. What in else it. did they come out with besides Round and Round? I'm trying to remember <laughs> another Rat song. Uh, I want a woman. Yeah, I remember. I remember the album. Uh, I remember I out woman. of the cellar. Way cool, Junior. I remember out of the cellar. That was their big one. I want to say, but I don't remember anything else by Rat. Nah. But they had a couple of songs here and there that popped up. Hmm. Snuck out of the cellar. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. Feel free to edit that out if you'd like. <laughs> okay. So yeah, they had that, and then of course in the '88, Yo MTV raps. Which Yo one? MTV Raps, uh, that was a very uh, specific genre they were catering to. There, right, yeah. right, yep, yeah, the rap music. And, you know, um, from that, I think that probably came into being not only because rap music was starting to really kind of make, you know, uh, uh, a real good dent, you know, in the popularity of, you know, in the music genre, but then you also had the crossover, which kind of made it okay for the white guys to, like, the rap music with the Run DMC, Walk This Way, and Aerosmith, yeah. and Walk This Way, which you know it was breakthrough. Oh yeah, at the time. Yeah, and and I I don't remember. I think it might have been behind the music or something like that, where I watched you know with Aerosmith and the story of Walk This Way and Run DMC, and I guess to begin with, Steven Tyler was just like totally against it because you know what are these guys doing to my song and all this and that, but. Eventually, you know, they came around and they hmm. went and, you know, hung out with Run DMC and, you know, actually listened to what they were doing. He was like, oh, this is like really cool. So it really kind of helped to break the barrier, I guess, a racial barrier or whatever between rock and roll yep. and, and rap music and, you know, what came after that, hip hop and all that kind of stuff. I, so. I still think they should have done a rap version of Mr. Roboto. <laughs> You're wondering who I am, machine or mannequin, with the parts made in Japan. I am the modern man. Wouldn't that have been awesome? There you go. You that would have been great. <laughs> I was thinking uh, NWA missed the boat on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that was that was something very unique when they did that when Run DMC right. did that because I think that that was pioneering because mm -hmm. it was a trend it's that huge. continued. I mean, it you know, right. What are they? There's a term for that. And sampling. I'm, sampling. Yes. There you go. Thank you very much. For a lot of you know the sampling of the your rocks yep. rock songs, your traditional rock sure. songs brought into your rap songs and and a lot of old uh, R and B and funk stuff from the '70s. You'd be amazed how many rap songs since the '90s use mm -hmm. old funk and and R and B and still, stuff. And still today, I know that yeah. that's still being done. You never find a Dan Fogelberg song. <laughs> you're still waiting for the first. You don't know why. Why is that? Loggins and Messina or something. You know, yeah, we getting Rocky Mountain high, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Light Jim, it up, Jim, man. Jim Groshen. <laughs> Time in a bar. <laughs> Yo, so, yeah. Imagine the Edmund Fitzgerald. Who did that? that that's uh, Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah. Imagine sampling the Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> 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 Imagine that. Yeah. 
Heaven's fifth zero. I never, I never quite could figure out any of the lyrics of that. No, no. It's like every once in a while, every once in a while, you'd understand him saying, Heaven's Good drinking song. So, and then, of course, then MTV, um, they kind of expanded. They, you know, music can only get you so far. And then they started airing, like, their non-music programs. Yes. Which, you know, basically is what they've turned into Which today. was the beginning of the end, yeah. Exactly. Which is, you know, and it was a pretty good beginning. I mean, mm-hmm. they had, you know, and they must have had, like, some uh, executive changes that really fucked things up in the 90s. But um, uh, one of the first non-music shows that they aired was The Young Ones. And I know Craig said that he wasn't too familiar with them. I, I'm not they, too familiar oh with them either. Like a drama show or something. Oh, no. What was it? It was a comedy. It was it was a British oh, comedy. Yeah, it was a Brit- yeah. Yeah, and they first aired it on MTV in 1985, and it was a BBC show from 82 to 84. So it was kind of like, you know, leftovers, I guess, from. Oh. And, and this, this show, I mean, you have to. You have to watch this show. You have to go do okay. what you have to do to find it on the internet because this show, there was a good so many years that I, I lived this show and my brothers and my sister and I, you know, everything was the freaking young ones. It well, was what just, was the show's concept? It was four college students, four college guys. Couldn't be different. Couldn't be any more different right. in their personalities. You had um, Vivian, who was played by Adrian... Um, Edmondson, who was your your punk rocker with the spiky hair and the the sleeves off jean jacket with the spikes, everything. Kind of like I'm dressed now. Yeah, just like just exactly. like I was now. <laughs> and then you had Rick, who was played by Rick uh, Mayall, who was your 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 kind of alternative guy, your your pretentious, yeah. you know, um, drain pipe pant wearing kind of guy, okay. and you know, fight the power kind of thing life, going life on. Life is pain. Exactly. And then you had Nigel, or I'm sorry, you had Neil, who was played by Nigel um, Planner, who was the hippie. Like the throwback from the 60s, you know, the long hair, no peace and love, man, that kind of thing. And then you had um, Mike, who was played by Christopher Ryan, who was uh, just a sleazeball. (laughs) It was Ah. just like the sleazeball of the group. And it's kind of hard to describe what his character was supposed to be because I really didn't get it other than like the sleaze ball and the guy who was like trying to make the money and kind he's of a yuppie. Not yeah. a yuppie. Oh. I wouldn't say yuppie, but he was he was kind of the um, the norm. Conservative. The he's norm like the conservative of the group. Of the group. Okay. Well, I don't think he would. He didn't even give a shit. <laughs> was you know I don't think he could even give a shit to be called a conservative. But he was just the normal guy. Yeah. I think it would probably be the best way to put them. But they lived in this this rundown house or apartment in um, London, I think it was. And there was a lot of puppetry going on. And they had, well, I shouldn't say a lot. There was some puppetry going oh, okay. on. okay, all, right. all right. And then they like would have a musical guest at times. Motorhead was one of their musical guests. And then oh. The Damned. Um, just, just a fucking great show. How did the musical guests get worked in? They would just be in the scene and, um, well, like with the like dams. Roscoe would... pulled them over in a speed trap or what? No, no, no. They would just like, <laughs> just pop up. They would just pop up in the middle of the freaking room, in the middle of the scene. They would. Oh, hey, it's lovely. And then, yeah. Motorhead. And then, well, the, the one with Motorhead in it, they were like on a train and they were going to this place. And I can't remember 
if Motorhead was like on the the house set or if they were like somewhere in like a trade station, like playing the song, kind of like a montage kind of thing, yeah. is basically how it would be, you know, a segue montage kind of thing where the band would play. My God, how have I never heard of this I show before? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've definitely heard. I think I've seen it, but I just it wasn't my thing. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. But no, I've definitely heard of it. It was it was popular. It was mm-hmm. kind of an underground culty popular yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. It and it hilarious. was and it was on TV well after this. I did. You have an eighty two to eighty four. So. Well, that's when it was. That's when it on originally BBC. aired on. But BBC. in America, it was late eighties. In I America, the first time it was aired was eighty five. Right. On MTV. And it was on for many years. It was on for, yeah, and there yeah. was only so many episodes, but they, I mean, they would replay yeah. and replay, and I just, there's so many one-liners from that, from that show that I still remember that basically turned to inside jokes oh, with sure. me and my family and yeah. stuff like that. Just, just great stuff. What? Yeah, so that was basically one of the first non-music-oriented shows yeah. that they played on MTV, and then not too shortly after that, they came out with their, their game show. Remote control. That I, I don't remember. I used to watch that every afternoon. Yeah. That was a I great was in... show. That was, as far as, you know, game shows go, that was like pretty edgy. It, it was on at a time um it was on at a time of the afternoon where I was watching it over the summer, I remember. Uh-huh. Because of, because there was no school going on. Otherwise it was on while we were at school. Right, right. But yeah, Colin Quinn was on it. Mm-hmm. There was the host. I can't remember the host's name. I can't either. I Little, can like, brown-haired him. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he went on to work on some Nickelodeon game shows. Maybe. My favorite part of the show was always sing along with Colin. Whenever that, <laughs> whenever that category would get picked. Right. Because then Colin Quinn, who had, who had you know, he had this voice. Yeah, they, they would have him pick up a microphone, and he would start singing a line of a song. And then whoever picked that category had to sing the next line of the song hmm. when Colin stopped. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Kari Wurr was on that show, too. She was insanely hot. <laughs> this is before, years before she went on to uh, do, like, Skinamax-type movies. Kari Wurr was in all sorts of nudie movies in the 90s. Really? Yeah. Huh, didn't no, know that. Nothing's as good as Beat the Whammy. What was that game show? Press your luck. <laughs> Press your luck. <laughs> Whammy would come out. Nothing beat the whammy. Yeah, but that the remote control really kind of launched Collins Quinn, Colin Quinn's career. Yeah. As far as you know, comedian, he went on to Saturday Night Live. Not too, oh, yeah, too yeah, long after that. And, yeah. and, um, and I think even there might have been an episode where uh, John Stewart was in one of the little extra things. They'd sometimes have people come out. I think there was like a, I can't remember all the categories, but there was something where they had like the players would come out and they'd reenact this scene or something like that. And I think John Stewart, I think was actually one of the. And then the person, actors. the contestant would have to guess like what they were reenacting. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember that, that there, sometimes there would be like other people come out and, you know, and then um, there was like, wasn't there three contestants mm-hmm. in every episode? Yeah. And then two of them would end up getting eliminated. Right. Because they were sitting in chairs. They were sitting lazy in like these, these yeah. big lazy boys. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when they got eliminated, the, the lazy boy would like tip, over. tip backwards. <laughs> and they would get dumped out of the chair into some like trap door. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then and then they would have to uh, whoever was the winner out of the three, they would have these what what was it like nine little television screens in front of them. Right. And they would have to guess the, the artist. Of right, the video. videos, right, right. They would have to like guess all nine of them in like a minute, right? Yeah, and and if they did that, then they won the whole show, right, right. God, I forgot about that. Yep. The final round, they had to like name the artist. Was it the artist and the song? I don't remember. I think it was just the artist. Wow, boy. But I could be wrong about that. Oh, I don't know. It's been a while since <laughs> I've seen Remote Control. I don't remember. <laughs> it was interesting though. It was a good but, idea. No, I just re- I just remembered that, but the. The different shows that they had, or the videos that they had to name. So okay, so um, and then also, um, really big Live Aid, of course, was aired on MTV. They actually right. aired the entire thing, and that's all their programming was for like more than twenty four hours. Or I'm sorry, sixteen hours. Sixteen. <laughs> just, just a bit shy of twenty four hours. Um, but they showed the whole thing um, from London and Philadelphia, of course, Live Aid being the, the brainchild of Bob Geldof and uh, I think here, Midge Uru, the lesser known. I don't know. Uh, to raise, who? you know, famine relief for Ethiopia. That's what I thought it was. That's yeah, they what, were yeah. like raising money for some third world country yep. somewhere. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, just I, I don't have a list of all of the the people who played. Well, Led Zeppelin played. And I know you two big... played, which I think is what kind of inspired Bono to go down his kind of whole lane path. Yes. <laughs> oh, his, yeah, his, his his second coming of Jesus yes, path. Exactly. Right? You know, it's we've my... got to feed the children and clothe. The yeah, Lord it's it's kind of shot him to the forefront. And oh. I mean, you before it was real kind of weird because you two was a bit of an underground band yeah. also. And I mean, listen to Boy. Right. You know, I mean, right. that's just completely different kind stuff. Of punk rock. Yeah, right. right. And then all of a sudden this, and then when was Joshua Tree? Joshua Tree was 87. 87. And that was, that was then they just completely. Joshua Tree was a great album. I'm sorry, but I was. Well, so they were good. They were good albums. All of them were good albums. They were like my band in high school. I I never. Everybody had their their bands. U2 was my band. They were overrated. And and (laughs) when they went to shit. They were one of the most overrated bands. They were good, but they were overrated. Right. When they went to shit, in my opinion, was with Rattle and Hum. That's really, really got bad. But then, yes, I mean, basically, Live Aid ruined Bono. Well, the, yeah, throughout the 90s, too, Bono just became an even more insufferable yes. douchebag well, yeah, as, that was, the, as the decade that was, went on. That was the thing that, that happened with, with him, and it was like, and then every radio station just worshipped U2, you know? I mean, yeah. all of a sudden it was like, you couldn't get enough U2, and you'd turn the radio on, and every 30 minutes there would be U2. With or without so. you. And, yeah. yeah. So it, it's just everybody, <laughs> they, they became the media darlings all of a sudden as a result of this. Which is just yeah, and again, that's why I say they're so overrated. They're good, but they're just overrated. They weren't that great. I think they got overkill. Is he... I know you love you too. So <laughs> kind I mean, of the Michael I'm, Jackson, I'm, yeah. the Michael Jackson effect. Right, and, and and I mean their their music, I think eventually kind of suffered. And I don't want to make this into a but, YouTube segment, no, no, but, but I mean I think that's that's from what I've read because this. I was such a huge fan of you two. I would read every like Rolling Stone or Spin article. Or even Time Magazine, there was, you know, they were on the cover of Time Magazine at least once because of the Joshua Tree thing. So, right. and I know how how um, much Live Aid had an impact on Bono personally 
about having gone to Ethiopia and then seeing it firsthand, and that's kind of where he... And then he realized he was, in fact, Jesus. Is that the... <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, Queen played there, though. Did Queen play? Yep. Oh, my Queen. God. There was, like, there was like the Queen, thing. Queen, Zeppelin. I want to say Black Sabbath reunited, too, didn't they? Did they? See, like I, like I said, I don't have yeah, a, I don't, a list of all Well, I think, like... Uh, Phil Collins probably Phil Collins, played there. Yeah. Like the like Sting maybe too. I don't oh yeah, know. oh yeah. And I think, um, I think Bob Dylan in excess played there too. I think probably. Yeah, there. Were, I mean, just everybody who was anybody. Culture Club. Madonna. Madonna was at live. I game? think at one of the shows that I don't recall. She'd have to be. How could she not be? Well, I, I mean, she was like this was what eighty five. No. She was pretty freaking popular in eighty five. No black artists. What? No black artists. Well, I don't know about that. Well, you could. We were talking before about it was like MTV was kind of. Well, no, steered I know, to, but, but I'm I, just thinking like about all this. Like, eh, I'm not. You know. I'm not, well, I don't know. Where's Richie Havens? I don't know. He's a I know that's I know. It's a joke. But where's Jimi Hendrix? <laughs> where's Shana? No, didn't Shana no play there? As a as a Stones fan, I remember uh, seeing the footage of of Keith Richards and Ron Wood when they were playing with Bob Dylan, and it's kind of <laughs> they're so not of that time period because like Bob Dylan, Keith Richards, and Ron Wood all came up there, and they were all like high and drunk and all this stuff, and singing Bob Dylan's old protest songs from the '60s, and <laughs> among among all of this like Aquanet yeah, know, stuff like, and everything, yeah. it was just so out of its time. And then Mick Mick Jagger was on by himself. And he was in the process of turning himself sure. into Mr. Pop Star. She's wanted, the boss. Yeah, he wanted. Yeah. He was trying to become the next Michael Jackson, basically. Yeah. And he's coming out there in his freaking leotards and his freaking and these bright colored clothes. And hey, hey, what's up, everybody? I'm like clean living family man, Mick Jagger. Yeah, that was Mick Jagger. Yeah, yeah. he was really? like reinventing himself as a pop tried. star at that time. He tried. He was sick of the Stones. Yeah, he was sick of being in the Stones at that time. Well, the cover of Dirty Work is pretty funny. <laughs> he was he was like trying to reestablish himself as like some sort of clean living family man who never actually did need drugs when he was with the Stones. It was just all part of his image and all that. Well, that didn't. So last I'm time. I'm I'm currently looking at a list of the artists, the Hooters. Remember the Hooters? Well, of course. The Hooters. <laughs> I was going to say the Who wasn't. Um, Everyone loves the Hooters. Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend were there. Billy Ocean. Oh, Billy Run Ocean. DMC. This was in um, Philadelphia. Oh, they did this from multiple locations. Yeah, it was London, London, well, it was London and Philadelphia. And Judas Priest. Really? That I didn't know. Judas Priest? Santana. Judas Priest. Madonna did. Madonna was there. Yeah. Yeah. The lead singer in his, in his gay club gimp outfits. <laughs> What's worse is the drummer from that band. You heard about the drummer? No. Well, that main drummer from Judas Priest, that was like late 70s to late 80s. I mean, he ended up like enticing some young boy, some teenage boy, and then he went to prison for it. He oh. might even still be in prison for it. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was like giving them drum lessons, and but it was a little more yeah, than drum lessons. Yeah, I mean, check it now out. Now you just wrap your hands around the stick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just grab onto the stick I, like that. There you go. There you go. One, two, three. <laughs> One, two, three. 
So other than the cause itself. <laughs> Back to Live Aid. Yeah. Other than the cause itself, the big deal about Live Aid was Elton John's performance. Because he performed oh. on both stages. Is he gay? Just curious. <laughs> Let's just ask. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. No. Yep. But yeah, he, he that was the big deal. He he performed both in London and Philadelphia. And, Philadelphia. Yep. and these concerts went on pretty much simultaneously. So that right. was the big deal. He played London oh, so he first. Flew from one location. He jumped on the Concord and then flew to Philly and then jumped on stage in Philly. The and Concord. The Concord. Wow, do they make those anymore? No, they didn't because of a horrible, nasty crash that happened not too long yeah. ago. like in the last 10, 15 years maybe or something like, like that. Goofiest looking plane. But so that was that was the big deal. Other than, you know, like feeding Africa or anything like that, it was Elton John's going to play two continents for this damn show, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's that was the whole thing. Was, was Farm Aid then? A, I wasn't associated with MTV, was it? Because that was the John Cougar Mellon yeah, camp Yeah, and, and Willie Nelson. Yeah. Because this, because what happened was Live Aid sure. came, and then Farm Aid was right after it. Because Mellencamp had the old Blood on the Scarecrow tune, which was right about this time, mm -hmm. and it was all trying to raise awareness of how. And Willie Nelson liked growing wheat. Well, <laughs> yeah. John Cougar probably did too. Should have been more tobacco with John Cougar Mellencamp, but. Um, oh, that son of a bitch said he had a five pack a day smoking. Yeah, who didn't back in the day? Five packs a day. John Cougar? Yes. Yeah, he was. He was that he was, was on his behind the music thing I he, saw. Well, he had ago. like 10 heart attacks. He probably still smokes, but. Yeah. Well, see, that's funny because I'm just remembering he went through a, like a, a myriad of name changes. Yeah, John Cougar, John Cougar Mellencamp, Cougar Mellencamp, John Cougar, John Mellencamp, John Mellon Cougar Camp. He was there for a while. <laughs> and he had Melanie Cougar when he tried to do the whole cross dressing thing, but that didn't work so well. <laughs> yep. He, he, <laughs> you can kind of tell he actually he wasn't actually a woman. He, yeah, he, and he just wasn't into it. But he tried, and he sang a whole uh, bluegrass album as Melanie Cougar. It people was, was people noticed awesome. that Melanie had an Adam's apple, and it was kind of like, hey, wait a second. They put the that together with the name and they're like wait a minute this is john cougar all right so um and then of course mtv launched a whole big deal about the music videos so that you know there were other networks trying to follow suit as far as um you know getting on that bandwagon and then you had wtbs they had night tracks which I don't barely remember at all. Remember Probably really, because yeah. I had MTV, so I didn't watch it. Just one of those late night Probably. Video yeah. Yes, yes. Things, yeah. And then NBC had their Friday night videos. That I do remember. Which I basically, remember Friday night yep. videos. Which then turned into just Friday night. They Friday dropped night. the videos from yeah. it, and I think they kind of went on to other things. With so I remember videos. watching I Can't the video for I Can't Drive 55 by Sammy Hagar when I was like seven years old, and I was mm -hmm. over at my friend's house, and... We were staying up late on the Friday night there watching that video. Yeah. It's like, because it was like, I can't remember. Somebody was like trying to kill Sammy in that video or something, but Sammy was like indestructible. They like, they like hooked Sammy up to an electric chair towards <laughs> the end and he's like, oh, and he like busted out of the electric chair. I'm and... going to play for Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> can't stop me. <laughs> David Lee Roth sucks. Yeah, they were fans of David Lee Roth apparently. <laughs> And then there's one other show that I just kind of wanted to mention that um, that came before MTV technically, and this was on the USA Network, and it was it was Night Flight, 
stuff. Oh, and it was it was very it was music oriented, but then they also kind of had their their more um, subculture kind of yep. thing. Um, they first aired on June fifth in nineteen eighty one, so they had uh, two months ahead of oh. MTV, and then they had their takeoff segment, which was like on a specific kind of subject, like takeoff to this. Uh, I can't even think of what to say. But, Take off. Yeah. yeah. Take off to Rush. Rush was really popular back then too. Oh. Um, so yeah, that's what they 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 would have like these these uh, in depth segments about the bands, and then they'd play some videos from them. But it was also informative. Oh, it was kind of like that that British show from the seventies. Um, oh, what am I thinking of? The old Grey Whistle Test. You ever seen footage oh, of that? Oh yeah. But that guy whispered. <laughs> See, well, he had buck teeth and he whispered all the time and he was like he was like balding up time and hello welcome to our program <laughs> you did describe every bbc show that ever was <laughs> this day we're going to we're going to have jimmy page on this tonight on pbs the mating season of the dragonfly yeah it was the old gray whistle sure test. i remember you can that find yeah. footage you can find footage on yeah, full episodes on mtv where, or i'm sorry on youtube where they would interview people and then they would ha- play up like a promotional video right, of sure. them or them lip syncing to the song on the stage okay. on the set of the show okay and then they would cut back to the interview again okay. you know where they it, would talk about their latest release and okay. all this it wasn't really like that at all it was oh. more of a, a magazine well then forget everything that i just said <laughs> <laughs> magazine you say <laughs> It was more like a magazine kind of package, as far as you know, like television goes, as far as magazine hmm. goes. So it was like they'd have have the videos, and then they'd like kind of turn the sound down on the song, and then they'd have this this female announcer come in and tell you tidbits about this and that, and like yeah. go into the next. So she was kind of like a DJ or a, yeah. you know kind of thing, and then go into the next thing. So that's basically how that was, and then it wasn't just music; they would play. Um, movies, two, and the one movie that really sticks out to me that they played was Fantastic Planet. Oh, oh the original, uh, the, yeah. the animation thing. That's cool. This movie is just kind of like out there. Nope. Yeah. Like if you haven't so seen you it, just lost me there. Yeah, I, I have, have no idea what you're talking about. Movie. It's, it's, that is good. It's, it's, it's really good and it's really kind of like. That's a I classic. S- I suppose if you smoked pot, I mean, it would just totally. Like, I was going to say, is it one of the things you got to be on weed for, man? Well, no, because I was young and I didn't smoke. No. But it was just kind of one of the. <laughs> when you're a kid, this doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's one of those things that's just like totally, you know, it just kind of like leaves an impression on you. And hmm. it was just like a, a really good movie. So. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was um, night flight and takeoff and basically what they did. So everybody was trying to like BMTV there for a while. Take off. Yeah, I mean, there were the predecessors, Don Kirshner's rock concerts. Remember, that was a late night thing. Remember Don Kirshner? Oh, Kirk? okay, yeah. yeah. So, and but I mean, even our, uh, I gotta say, Solid Gold. Maybe <laughs> Solid Gold. <laughs> solid that gold. was a good one. Uh, Andy Gibb yeah, hosted that Andy for a little while but before there, he got kicked off right. for not showing up and doing too much coke. Yeah, and but all there, that. there were some of those predecessor shows where they try to establish a music format, you know, and but. Again, as, as it all goes back to the beginning, MTV was very unique in this, having oh, yeah. 24 hours of one mm-hmm. type of program. Yep. And, you know, all music. I mean, it's, you know. Yep. And now, I mean, MTV is what? Do they even play music? 
Not usually. They're they're I mean, branched off channels. Dude. Yeah, there's like MTV Two, MTV Trace, um, yeah. which is like the Latin, which they actually play music hmm. on and that. Who involved in MTV would think like in the future that they would have contributed down the road to like people not being able to hear or or understand anybody else's viewpoint. Because now everything in entertainment is so segregated and so like, okay, this is one viewpoint and you get to sit there and watch a station that is your viewpoint right, right, that right. you want all the time and you yeah. never hear any other point of view on anything. And right, so it's right. like, if you hear a different point of view, duh! You just you can't. You're stupid. What you're not, do you know? You're not used to it, so <laughs> right, you're, so people right. are just growing up with now with this idea of if anybody has a different idea, well, I'm just going to shut them out. I don't want to hear this crap. Right. right. Well, and another thing we should mention: what MTV really had a huge impact because I think they were the first um, network that had a reality TV show. You could go back to the 70s. Mm-hmm. There's the one that the PBS did, but I don't remember the name of it, but that was, I forget what it Benny was. Benny Hill? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forget what the name of it was. They did a movie um, about it not too year, too long ago with um, Tim Robbins, but that's beside the point. They really came up with the reality. The real world. Television yeah, the real with world. the yeah. real world, which just basically plagues TV today. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because it's cheaper to have a bunch of unknowns. Especially, <laughs> they're, they're to blame. Especially get a bunch of inbreds from, uh, you know, uh, the hills. Right, right. You know, so. hey, let's put five inbreds together and have them go out and find Sasquatch. That sounds like a good <laughs> movie to me, man. It's amazing. It's amazing they haven't found him yet. <laughs> yes. Especially down there. They will. They will. <laughs> Cousin <laughs> Billy, is that you? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's had a huge impact, MTV, believe it or not, even though they don't play music anymore. No. The H1 does, which is kind of a spin-off. Which at the time when the 80s, VH1, when it came out, it was more like the the unhip adult. Yeah, exactly. Movie. It was throwback. Yeah. It was kind of throwback you know? kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's where they played the Billy Ocean and your yeah. your more soft rock kind of thing. And it's yeah. like, oh, I don't watch VH1. <laughs> <laughs> but now VH1, actually, believe it or not, they play music videos at night. Well, I think MTV might. I think MTV's got like a couple hours. Insomniac kind of thing where they play like a block, a two hour block of music videos. It's like their non programming that runs overnight. Everybody else is asleep, so put some music videos on, you know. It's either this or an infomercial. Right. (laughs) Right. Basically, yeah, that's what it is. So, yeah, I mean, it's had a huge impact. It also had an impact on uh, other programming as well, like uh, Miami Vice. When Miami Vice debuted, you can't tell me that MTV did not have an influence on Miami Vice because of the way Miami Vice was shot. Look at the beginning of the first episode of Miami Vice where they're playing the song In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. Yeah, that's true. When those two guys are like driving to meet like some drug dealers or something like that that they're going to bust and they might get killed or something. And Don Johnson phones his ex-wife and is like, from the phone booth and he's like we had something special didn't we you know? <laughs> because he thinks he might die you know we had something didn't we and 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 the the way it was cut and edited and all that like that music, was mtv yeah you like know music video. it was mtv and then miami vice ended up influencing all these shows that came after it right you know? right right and i was just thinking 
you bring up Florida. The other thing that MTV did was their spring break. Oh, like, oh yeah. <laughs> they had their spring break. God, I used to hate that stuff. And, and you got Polly Shore out of that. Well, it led to <laughs> led to girls going wild, I guess. So it's like I I had friends who used to watch that stuff, and I'm like, and I'd go over to their place. I used to watch it. I mean, the first years, yeah, I'd watch their it, spring break. I used to Holy go over to their place. I'm like, you know, you're not there, man. What is the point of watching yeah. this stuff? You're not there. Well, it's because like you're not there. You look at all. Do it look at all the fun. <laughs> Look you at know? all the fun these people are having while you're it. sitting on your goddamn couch. They're having fun, so I don't have like, to. I don't want to watch this. <laughs> yeah, he always kind of felt like the real uncool kid is like, why isn't my life like that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, people actually go to things like this? Yeah, I know. There's chicks and bikinis and drinking booze in the right. middle of the day and the sunshine. Gravity, you know, yeah. basically televised. And then they had their, their one summer, they had their MTV, A Muck in America. Where they like traveled. I remember that because mm-hmm. I watched that. They I mean they traveled, you know, America and stopping here and there and you know, MTV just a muck in America, just yeah. party wherever they stopped. So that was fun. It was a fun time. And it was. And plus toward you know, when you had all the hair metal and everything, the hair bands in the late eighties, you had a whole bunch of videos with barely clad model-ish women. Mm-hmm. It was know. terrible that they did that. That was... <laughs> and it, it's awful. Back then, that was, you know, unless you had, like, a movie channel, that was the closest thing you got to, like, you know, real-life nudity. That in the stuff. Sears catalog. I mean, yeah. The, the bra catalog. You know, that was it. It's all we had back then. The we had to use our imaginations reasons. back then. All right. That's our show for this week. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check us out next week when those 80s kids remember John Hughes movies. Love them. In the meantime, check us out at those80skidsremember.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Andy. I'm Rob. I'm Craig. Thank you for joining us.